TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Saturday night get together here on CBS Sports Radio. Jeremy Mack coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. When you need cash out of your home in a simple way to get it, Rocket can. All right, game one in the books, NBA final. About as wild an ending as we've seen in a while. Not that it hung in the balance, but just the swing of the entire fourth quarter. Here to give us a recap of game one and look ahead to the rest of this series between the Celtics and the Warriors is the guy who is the lead writer or editor for NBCSports.com's coverage of the NBA. Kurt Heelan joins me here on CBS Sports Radio and is out in San Francisco for game number two tomorrow night. Uh, Kurt, how taken aback were you by the fourth quarter the other night between the Celtics and the Warriors? A little bit I mean, it was definitely a surprise. But, you know, we've seen so many of those Warriors third quarters where they just kind of take control of the game and run away with it. And Boston's resilience, um, look, I think they knew they had it. But I'd met, you know, we like to say they had it, but, like, I'd seen them – drop game six against Miami at home and, and almost low game seven, you know, when they had a double digit, like I wasn't sure they had that moment in them. And they did, they, they, they were not just resilient. They were fantastic in the fourth quarter. And I, I'll say it didn't just catch us off the guard. I talking to some people off the record, like, you know, off the record today at, at Warriors practice, the Warriors seemed a little like taken aback by just what, what Boston brings to the table. It's a very different vibe. I don't know it's taken aback may overstate it, but it's it's not playing you're not playing Dallas anymore, man. Like this is a much more balanced and athletic team. And part of that balance is Derek White. Now he's a nice player. I like the moves in San Antonio. Yeah. Thought he was a nice solid acquisition for the Celtics, LinkedIn's their bench a little bit. Where did this guy's not only shooting but clutch shooting come from? I've never seen that out of Derek White before. No, it's got still still some of that spurs in him, doesn't he? Where it just comes up. You know, the thing is, and I think what you're feeling really good about if you're Boston, not only obviously getting a game one win on the road, but if you're going to win a series, any series, but particularly an NBA Finals against a high-level opponent, you've got to have your role players win you a game or two, right? Like, 
Yeah. Jason Tatum will bounce back and win them a game, and there'll be a good Jalen Brown game and what have you, and their defense will be there. But you still need a night where the other guys step up, and they got that in game one, which is a, it's, it's such a confidence boost for them to start. And Derek White is certainly that guy. Is Al Horford considered one of those guys, too? Because if it wasn't the Derek White show, it was the Al Horford show. He does start. Yeah. Do you consider him one of their role players or one of those guys who could be a difference maker that you're not expecting? Or did Boston have to put Al Horford in the, yeah, he's got to play pretty damn well for us every single game if we're going to have a chance in the series. But he's played that way through the whole playoffs. I, I, yeah, yes, he's a role player. But he has stepped up in these in this postseason and and been a little more than that, and been maybe their third best player, um, and some nights better than that. Um, it's again, you need a little of that, but they've been getting so much out of Horford, particularly defensively, and then that's not quite the same assignment in this in this series where he's not you know matched up on on the other team's star. But it you know there's no Jimmy Butler or whoever, but that that presence and that energy he's brings look he wants this like he this is his first trip to the finals in his career and he wants the ring and he played damn well making open shot after open shot after open shot in that fourth quarter first quarter was all golden state specifically all steph curry 21 points in the first quarter only 13 the rest of the way what kind of a defensive adjustment did the Celtics make to limit what Steph Curry could do against them in the last three quarters? Yeah, th- that wasn't a great secret. I mean, Marcus Smart, I guess, was talking about it on the broadcast. I, I said, that's what I said on Twitter. Um, I think after playing Giannis Antetokounmpo and Jimmy Butler and Drew Holiday, like all these, all the stars of the last two rounds um, for the other team. You play drop coverage against those guys. You want Jimmy Butler and Giannis to shoot jumpers. And I think that they, it, yes, it's a different team, and you've read the scouting report or something, but sometimes it's just different to go out there and get on the court. And they played drop. They played back. They went, you know, they stayed. They gave Curry space, man. The, the, the bigs were not up in his face. It was a higher pick than they're used to, I think, but they, the big men were just staying back. And, the last thing you want to do is let Steph Curry get a little rhythm. Um, once they started showing up, though, and they also switched to – they stopped playing Robert Williams and Al Horford together. Um, those, those two, and I imagine we'll see more of that. They're not going to spend a lot of time on the court together. Um, that really helped, too. And it let them – Horford's athletic. Williams is athletic. They can, they can show out on Curry a little bit and, and just not let him – not let him dominate and still not get the good thing about Boston is they're so deep on defense. They don't get, they don't get easily thrown into the chaos and scrambles that, that the Warriors thrive on. And it's going to be a problem. The Warriors are going to have a, they're not going to get some of the points they usually expect. One of the guys who can generate that chaos for the Warriors now coming off the bench is Jordan Poole, who's done a lot of starting for them this year with injuries, certainly till Clay came back. Uh, Curry missed some time. Poole's inserted into the starting lineup was phenomenal. Now they've got him coming off the bench. He seemed a little off his game in game one. Yeah. Agree or disagree and why? He was definitely off his game. Um, I, I, I fear Jody he might be off his game a lot this series. This is not a good matchup for him in some ways. Um, I, look, I think he actually held his own defensively, but he was struggling when he got into the paint to finish um, and, and adjusting again to 
Robert Williams is a really good rim protector. He's he's an all defensive team level player, even if he's not in making the team every year. Like he's that kind of center. Um, it was an adjustment for them. I think he. I think offensively he can play better, Jody. But I think what you're going to see, the, Boston didn't really attack him or, frankly, Steph Curry as much as you would think in game one. They kind of went at Keevon Looney a lot. I think eventually as this series goes on, they're going to start targeting. Curry isn't as terrible defender, but you'd like to wear him out a little. Um, and he's not, their, he's not their strongest defender either. But Poole is. Poole is their weakest, probably, defender in their rotation. And I think they're going to target him to, A, just play him off the floor, and, B, that's a place they can get some easy buckets. So I expect it's going to be a rough – this is not going to be an easy series for Jordan Poole. You speak about adjustments, and you just gave us the rundown on what Celtic adjustment they made in-game. Hey, we got to cheat out on Curry. This isn't Giannis who we're dropping back off here. we got to be out on top of him uh, when he uses whatever pick, however far away from the rim it is. That's a good adjustment. Now we know Steve Kerr's a hell of a coach, and uh, I believe they're 19-2 and all-time in game ones in series. They've only lost game one twice, so they now are – in a deficit position, which means adjustments are necessary. What are the top two or three that you think Steve Kerr has got to implement? Uh, it, it's interesting. I think you're going to see them uh, try to get the ball moving a little more. They, there's, when they, I think it starts, though, honestly, with their defense. This, they are a team. Um, they're a team that needs to be in transition. They can't. Part of what held them back to 16 points in the fourth quarter and got them in trouble was. They kept taking the ball out of the basket. They're having to walk it up against the set Celtics defense. They're going to struggle like every team does against Boston's defense if, if they're set. So the Warriors talked, to, uh, talked about like needing to force some turnovers, needing to get out in transition and play with pace, needing to speed it up. But the other thing, I mean, they talked less about X's and O's and more about focus and energy um, and, and, and doing it from the start. They felt that, A, they didn't execute their defense as well as they should have to start the game, and that let Horford and, and Derek White and Marcus Martin guys get comfortable, Jalen Brown get comfortable. And then when Boston showed its resilience in the fourth quarter, Celtics kind of relaxed. I just I think they were used to teams. Maybe they're used to teams rolling over for them after those kind of third quarters. And Boston did whatever it was. They didn't they they didn't match the energy. And they talked more about playing harder and playing smarter and and being more physical um, with with Boston than they did just pure X's and O's. If I had told you before the series started that Jason Tatum was going to have a 3-for-17 shooting night and the Celtics won the game, you probably would have looked at me like I had three heads, but that's exactly what happened. Got to give Jason a nod, even though he couldn't buy a basket. 13 assists. He was the main provider of the basketball to guys in open spots for easy shots. Uh, he, He created opportunities for his teammates. I'm sure they're not looking to duplicate that again in the next game, but how good was uh, Tatum's passing in game one? It's the part of his game that's improved the most over this year, isn't it? Like he really was a couple of years ago, he, I mean, he was, he's always idolized Kobe, worked out with Kobe when he first came in the league, and he 
played like Kobe and, and in the, in the bad habits of Kobe way sometimes where it's like, you know, I got this triple team or I could pass uh, that I should pass out of, but you know what? I think I can hit over it. And, and, and he would just take shots and, and questionable shots at times. And, and his, I mean, he's young I mean, he's 24, but he's, his maturation as a, all right, they're sending two guys at me. I've got to get the ball out of my hands and into, I've got, there's other guys on this team who can attack. And if I'm drawing two, then I can create an advantage somewhere else and make the pass. That was just something he didn't do a couple of years ago that he does so much better now. And, and it showed in game one. They showed this on the uh, broadcast the other night. I forget the exact number off the top of my head, but something like 124 finals appearance games on the Golden State roster as compared to zero for Boston. No player had ever played in a finals game before, so the advantage was to the Warriors in game one in that uh, way. But now it means nothing because the Celtics won the first game, and despite all their inexperience, they're up one nothing. How much pressure is on the Warriors now in game number two? They talked about needing to be desperate. They're, I think that they – Look, I will say this, and I, the story's going up at NBC Sports in a few minutes about how, you know, or, or it's up by now, uh, and, um, how relaxed they are. They really, I mean, their practice looked like a December Tuesday practice. Like, they, they're blasting music and laughing and stuff. It, it kind of, they don't get stressed out about stuff anymore. I mean, and he, Curry talked about, hey, I had a rough night. I thought about it a lot. It came out the next day. We've got to move on. We've got to turn the page and focus. And I think that they're mentally there. But they also realize, and they, they, to a man, said, like, hey, we have to win game two. I think they realize they, they just can't go down 0-2 and then and add to Boston, by the way. Um, they'd be in, that, that's, that's too deep a hole to get out of uh, against the Celtics. And, oh, by the way, I pointed out that the Warriors were 9-0 and coming into the game at home here in, these postseason, in this postseason season. But the Celtics were six and two on the road. Now seven and two on the road. So give the Celtics credit; they've shown all uh, in this run that they can find ways to win on the road. All right. Um, do want to get a couple other NBA questions in, uh, non-finals related. Big story ten days ago: Lakers made their call on their head coach, and Darvin Ham, with no head coaching experience, well-respected former NBA player and assistant coach in the league, but gets the nod to take over the Lakers. Is that an out-of-the-box hire, or they're out-of-their-mind hire? <laughs> it's a little out-of-the-box, but it's not way out-of-the-box. He has been in line for jobs, like the number, you know, second or third in, in line for jobs in multiple cities. And, um, you know, he was close in Washington and a couple other places. It was He deserves a shot. And I'll also say, of the guys on their radar, of the guys that they – we're talking to. He's just the best choice. Uh, what he brings is a presence. Um, he is a former player who is a grinder and a tough guy. Um, and he's a bit of a player's coach. Guys like him, but they kind of weirdly, they, I would say if you talk to Bucks guys, they kind of feared him a little. Like it was a nice balance. And you're going to need that if you're walking into a locker room with LeBron James and Anthony Davis, aren't you? Like you're going to need somebody with that kind of presence. So I think it's the best hire of like the choices they had. 
and I uh, have talked to enough people around the league that, yeah, he gets that kind of respect. Everyone thought for sure they were going for an experienced coach, been there, done yeah. that guy. But this is, uh, I, I think it is more out of the box. I uh, know you did an article uh, yesterday, I think it was, on Adam Silver talking about future items in the NBA. You and I have talked about this in-season tournament that the NBA has roughly planned, not 100% done yet, but... Is this going to happen? And if it does, is it going to work? I think eventually it's going to happen in the in the next in, in the next handful of years. In part because they're really looking for ways to spice up the regular season, right? Like the regular season is long, and fans, frankly, are starting to take their cue from teams where guys are getting rested and, and all that. Like the team, I don't want to say they don't take the regular season seriously, but they don't totally take the regular season seriously. So why should fans, right? Um, I think that they've got to find a way to spice it up. Uh, the play-in tournament did that. Plus, the other thing, the real big thing, Jody, Adam Silver really wants this. He really wants to do it. And at some point, I think he'll find a system. It'll be early in the season. It'll be like in December. But they'll put something together, and they'll try it. I, I'm cynical that that's going to work. I just, I am, I just don't think of... I don't think here in the United States, those kind of mid-season tournaments are just not baked into our DNA like, you know, European soccer fans or something. I, just, I don't think it's I don't think it's going to work here, but we'll see. But yeah. I, I would be surprised. I would be surprised if we don't see it in a few years. You and I are on the exact same page here. I'm not a big soccer guy. I'm not a soccer hater, but I'm not a soccer fan either. If it works, I'll give him credit. I'm willing to, to, to buy in and watch and get excited by it, but... We'll see if it actually plays out. All right, last thing on, uh, and I meant to ask this when we were talking about the finals. It's kind of a finals question. It's a Warriors question. Um, you're a West Coast guy, so you've been in the, the the arena where they won their championships and now in the brand-new, beautiful, luxurious yeah. building that they play. It seems great but it just doesn't seem to have the same volume. And I've not been in the new building, so I can't speak to it. It's all judging via sound over the TV. Is it the same? They were 9-0 this year, so you can't say it wasn't effective. They're winning all their games. But is it the same feel? Does it have the same juice that the Oracle used to? It's not as loud. Um, that was an old building, uh, the Oracle Arena, an older building with a lot of cement, um, where sound you, you were play a it was kind of vertical you were right on top of teams and b it, the sound just echoed in there and this is a you know classically modern NBA arena with a restaurant overlooking it on one end and and couple you know couple rings of suites and all that kind of stuff so it's not it is not as loud but it is, I, I will say this it did get loud it is. It's got good volume in there. It's, I don't think it's now, it's, it doesn't stand out the way Oracle did. When you are an Oracle, you're like, man, this is loud. Like, it's un, unlike any other place in, or any other point in the league, but it's not that way now. It's, it's loud for a postseason game, but it feels, feels a lot like every other arena. Like, it feels a lot inside. It's really it's nicer and newer. But I don't think sound-wise or experience-wise, it's much different than any of the modern arenas. A little bit of a different vibe. All right, last thing. Are Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant watching the finals together 
And if so, who's rooting harder for one of these two teams to lose? Durant via the Warriors or Kyrie via the Celtics? Yeah, I'm sure Durant is watching the games. He's a basketball junkie. Like, I'm sure he is. And I'm, I'd be curious to know what his rooting interest is there. Like, he's got – obviously, he's got some friends on the Warriors. But, yeah, it looks – if they lose, doesn't this look – in some way boosts his little legacy – his, his legacy a little. Yeah. Um, and I don't – is Kyrie watching this, or is he doing something else right now? Like, I, just, I, don't, I genuinely don't know the answer to that. If, if you told me he was off on a two-week silent meditation retreat, I'd be like, yeah, I can see that. Oh, if he's silent, I hope it's uh, not near the edge of the earth. I just hope he doesn't fall off because we <laughs> need him back for next season. Uh, Kurt, great stuff. Always a pleasure whenever you jump aboard. Thanks for the insight tonight. Enjoy the rest of the series, bud. I will. Thank you, man. That is Kurt Heel, and he is the editor and lead writer for NBCSports.com, uh, his coverage of the NBA. Always there on NBC, and he's always good when he jumps aboard with us. I give you the chance to chime in on the final Celtics. I don't want to say steal game one because they just flat out threw a knockout punch in the fourth quarter. A little bit of a surprise as an underdog, but can they take it to two to nothing on Sunday night? NBA certainly part of the conversation. 855-212-4227. Get on the phones with the Mac Man here on CBS Sports Radio. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Odyssey celebrates Father's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. 